0: This is Reggie. This is Brian. And this is Army Talks.
1: Episode five. We're gonna talk about today, Brian. We're gonna talk about being a person of faith in the workplace. Just a person of faith in the
0: workplace? Or work? Or
1: what work is? Or Well, I think that kinda of all it's all encompassing, right? Like no, I really- mean, if you look at biblically how work is talked about, it's really Semantics. all in Yeah. It really, it's really all folded into itself. So, well, the big, well, the biblic, biblical view of work is
0: pretty cool, but we also need to touch on like what it's like to like, to be out in the workforce yeah. as a Christian and how that is kind of portrayed and, what challenges we see and i think because that's important to talk about too because yeah and you know, i think
1: talking about two different sp- perspectives right because you work you're you're a remote worker i'm out in the actual you know head-to-head with everybody so yeah i think it's you're right i think we need to talk about how those things are effective and how we can be effective and how we are affected by it so i think those are all valid points my friend
0: you were just saying how you enjoyed the um pipe tobacco today
1: I do. It's it smells really good. It reminds me of the pipe tobacco my grandfather used to smoke. It's got a very uh, I don't want to say cherry because that's not the smell, but a very sweet. Well, sweet would be the problem. No, yeah, it's I don't, it's not sweetened though. Yeah, that's the
0: funny thing. I think it's, it's just the um. The way they did the
1: fermentation on the Virginia's yeah. or something I was gonna I say, a, does that have something to do with like the fermentation process? Yeah,
0: it probably does. I mean, cause this is, I haven't tried this before. This is the Down Yonder, Down Yonder, Seattle Pipe Club. Um, I haven't tried it. So this is my first, first ghetto. And in my, the Meersham's different too because the actual pipe tobacco actually, it, it tastes different, dude, if you have it out of a Meersham versus a briar versus
1: a corn cob versus what, it, I mean, it's different, so yeah. clay. So, what's pimes. different about like yours is a meerschaum pipe? What's yeah. different about how it comes through a meerschaum pipe?
0: Mir because of the way meerschaum's porous, and it doesn't, it's not flammable. Uh-huh. So, it really helps to like filter out bad stuff, <laughs> okay. and then you get good stuff. Yeah, I, I, that's the, I guess that's the highest possible kind of way to put it. It's, the material just makes it to where the the, the the actual act of smoking is, I wouldn't say cleaner, but it is
1: like, it's different than it is on like a, a wood pipe or something. Well, I have noticed that the, the smoke is a lot more white coming through that pipe than it is through other ones. Well, that could be too, just because of the
0: pipe tobacco. Because I mean, this this is a, it's hard to keep it lit um, for one thing. So it's probably mean just having to light it more but
1: okay all right well how was your uh week in the world my friend
0: it's been challenging dude I mean i've I've really had to concentrate on not letting my work interfere with my family life mm-hmm. um you know when when it's it's well we're gonna talk about work I mean because that's that's you know for most of us that's really where we spend the majority of our time is Making a living for, you know, making money for our family to live on, right? Yeah. And, uh, and that, that majority of the time, if that's not going well and it's that much of your time and effort, it, it will and can affect the rest of your thing. And that's part of what we're going to talk about today. But so for me, as the, um, as like a, a manager, mid level manager type of person, it's, it's just, it's it's tough and it's tough in this economy you know that's the thing um companies are looking out for the bottom line and for their uh you know what's their margins and you know all that stuff and you know there's not as much you know revenue because everybody's not there's no you know the way oh, the economy is so and different businesses are affected differently yeah. so yeah it's just it's just tough dude because i'm having to rationalize stuff. I'm having to explain a lot of things and, and, you know, trying to set expectations and, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's just rough, man. And I don't have the resources to do what I need to do. That's, that's really what bothers me. You know, it's, it's not so much that um, the way business works, it's just that, it's just the way things are. I, there's just not enough resources for me to actually be successful right now, and it it really bothers me. I'm not a person, you know. Very, well, as you know, I'm very competitive. Uh, I want to be the best damn person in anything I do, uh, and and when I and it's when it's not me that's a, that's holding me back from something, it's like oh, this is the that really just irritates the living nonsense out of me, man. And it's a uh, but it is just and I don't want to say And here. Okay. Going on work. I don't like it when people say, Oh, it's just work. Well, it, your work matters. (laughs) It does. Yes. Your work matters. And like, so, so I don't want to say that it's just work. So I'll just let it go. That's no, I mean, this is, this is my career. This is where I've been at. I've been at the same company for 15, over 15 years now. Um, Been doing in, I've been in this industry for over 20 years. So, you know, it, it is a, it is a big part of my life, and uh, and it. You, but you got to put it in perspective: is that it? It's an engine for an economy. Yeah, you know. So I'm in a corporation that exists because of capitalistic principles, and that's what they work as. No matter how how left leaning they espouse, I mean, there's that's still the point.
1: No, yeah, it's glory. still a capital, it's, it's still a <laughs> capitalist company that it's still yeah, there needs to be center. a profit, right? Yeah. 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 What about you, man? What's well, you know, <laughs> the stuff with the house. We spoke about that. But outside of that, um work is actually flourishing for me at this point. Like I, as I've said, I am in the fitness industry. I'm a personal trainer. So part of building my business is getting my name out there and doing that and i'm I'm finally starting to get people who are coming in and asking for me by name, right? Hey, I want to talk to Brian Kirby, right? Do you judge your success based on number of clients or how well your clients do always by how much well my clients do um financially, of course, your number of clients have to be higher, right? but <sighs> told you it was good oh dude, it's amazing. What did
0: I do? I, I gotta know. remember that
1: you're not going to
0: it's okay. You know what it was? I'm sorry, man. It's totally throwing this whole range okay. of this conversation. But, like, the, 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 so this is my new grinder, right? Yeah.
1: You're um, like 85,000 RPM <laughs> sand grinder. Well, no, I mean,
0: like, look, coffee nerds are <laughs> insane, man. So if you go look at these, like, Reddit posts or forums mm-hmm. or whatever, holy cow, they'll debate about all kinds of stuff. And it's insane. And, like, I'm into coffee, bro, but, like, I don't have time or money to, like, measure the granules of coffee that comes out of grinders and say, you know, in general this was a difference of 0.03 microns or something, you know? Like wow. But yeah. (laughs) Who has time for that? (laughs) You know what they do, bro? And uh how much how much is left in the grinder? Like you're trying to get to like a zero uh zero retention. for the grinds in the in the grinder like you want words,
1: using everything you grind
0: everything you grind you want to come out as close as you can and 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 you you never get to pure zero but this is supposed to be one of those it's it's just for those who are watching it's the niche duo so it's got 83 millimeter flat burrs you know um and then but it's
1: made my coffee better Dude, I, I drink your coffee, and that's a hard thing to do. I know, to make your coffee but it better. did.
0: I mean, you know, I had a Breville Smart Grinder that I thought was fine until my grinder downstairs went bad. So then that's why I got this one, so I could take the one I had down here and use it for downstairs for just general coffee. <sighs> Bro, this is, this is just that. It's like two shots of that El Salvador mm-hmm. roast, uh, light roast coffee with a little cinnamon honey that fire bee cinnamon honey i got and yeah. whole milk or i'm no, sorry not whole milk but heavy cream
1: it's fantastic <laughs> oh, i told you it was fantastic dude. When you handed it to me and i took a drink what? i was like
0: yeah i know but like i'm i didn't i hadn't had it yet and i'm like
1: yeah. you know you didn't write that down right so you're forever going to be chasing you measure it anything or nothing i'm just like burr, burr,
0: burr. <laughs> A little water here, a little water. You know. Squirt,
1: squirt, fizz, fizz, whiz, whiz. Here it is, did, buddy. Dude. I'm like, damn it. I'm going to forget this for sure. No. In case you haven't noticed, <sighs> Reggie's the pipe. I'm the coffee. I love coffee. Reggie loves pipes. Reggie makes good coffee. So he's got the advantage, honestly, because I don't do pipes. And... That's just sad for me. I guess I don't mm. know. I'm trying to, yeah, to work I, that out.
0: I, I, we've talked about this. Like the pipe is definitely a prop. Yeah, for me, it's gotten so much where it's integral in my work. Even that the pipe helps me take a minute, sort my thoughts before I say something. All that stuff. And it's this goes back to our other episode where we talked about professionalism and how the smoking pipes and stuff to, for our from our opinion was like, no, it's absolutely.
1: It's a good thing. <laughs> well, but think about, all, like, you know, let's let's put away with, like, the 1800s where, like, they were riding through the Midwest on wagons. But if you think back, like, 60s, 70s, even in the 80s, smoking a pipe was, the person was always seen as stately and, you know, I mean, cigarettes had a different kind of onus, right? They didn't have the same, you know, and and cigars are great. Uh but a pipe is almost a it's something it's mature, mm. right? Does that make sense? Like I don't see how anybody could look at somebody smoking a pipe and be like, You look terrible doing that. That's unprofessional. Yeah. I well mean, it, it, I mean if you were like if you had like some kind of giant like like pipe that you were like had to hold with two hands and you looked a little bit greedy, you know, <laughs> you know maybe, but <laughs> unfortunately, and you you don't do that, right? Well, so yeah, I mean look, dude, it's like all these all these really
0: intelligent people were pipe enthusiasts, dude. I mean like if Einstein I mean he he smoked a pipe. His doctor said you got to stop because you're going to get cancer, right? And so he did, but he still held a pipe in his mouth all the time. Yeah. And it's in the Smithsonian. And he chewed he gnawed the hell out of that thing, man. It's like the the end of it's just shredded. <laughs> but that's because he that's what he, he obviously was used for something. I mean, and there, there's there's so many famous quotes out there. I mean, about pie smoking, but it, I would say, though, just going back to that episode and just to kind of say that, that it's it's an integral part of how I do work. And because I'm remote, I'm able to do that. Right. I mean, that's like I've spent all this money here with the filters and everything else to make sure that you know it's it's good here. Yeah. And uh it's it definitely help it helps me focus. It helps me it does. So well so be it. Let me ask you this. So if we're we're gonna tackle the topic, I know your house has been a little bit of a I mean, I know that's been on your mind a lot. Um I think it would be kind of a good thing though if we like say
1: it did get to you. It did. It it I, it very much did. Um You know, I take the safety security of my family extraordinarily seriously and my ability to provide and and to be a good husband. And I I honestly, I can't tell you why, because we've had bigger, worse things roll out in front of us and I've taken the hit and just kept rolling. But I think it was just kind of a, you know, I felt like we were in this really good place where things were going really smoothly and we were gaining momentum and then, this one was just right out of left field. Like one of those things where you didn't have a suspicion. You didn't think it was coming. And I think it hitting me, but it was a great test, right? It hit me. And I was aggravated with myself and proud of myself at the same time. I was aggravated with myself. Cause I think in my heart of hearts, man, I knew it wasn't that big a deal. Like I was like, you know what? It'll be okay. But I I for some reason it, it it just felt way bigger than it was. I can't explain why it felt that big, but mm-hmm. it was it was uh it was the difference between getting run over by a kid on a big wheel and getting hit by a Mack truck, man. Like I felt like I got I know I was getting run over by a kid on a big wheel, but I felt like I got hit by a Mack truck. <laughs> you know,
0: I would say, Brian, <clears throat> there's there are a lot of times when you kind of you're not prepared but you're able to like take those knees and buckle a little bit and yeah. accept those a little bit better. Um, I know from my experience, there's sometimes when I think, man, not, I got everything cool. Mm-hmm. And then there's just this one little thing that really wouldn't have bothered me at any point else, but yet for some reason, and it just, it's just you know, who knows what that is, but there's, it happens, dude. Yeah. But the, the important thing is though, it's a good illustration though, of like something that it, it's not small. But it's really
1: if in the scheme
0: of our life grand lives, scheme of it all. It was, now. Yeah. Really does it. I mean, wh- okay, so what? I
1: mean, well, but I was super proud of myself because I followed my own advice. <laughs> it's hard to do. Which is hard to do, but I sought wise counsel. I, I talked to you. I talked to uh, some very good friends of mine from church. I, I, I went to people that I knew when I couldn't keep a level head, they would have a level head. Right. And that the advice that I would get wouldn't be, wouldn't be weighted. It would be straight down the middle and and it would be solid advice. And I think because of those people, <clears throat> I was able to come out of it and get myself back on track pretty quickly. Um, and of course, credit to my wife who, you know, really stayed and she had her moments, but really stayed strong in it and never let me forget, like it, it could be worse right so you know we talk about you know surrounding ourselves with wise counsel we talk about how solid our wives are and that all came out it was really funny how that all kind of all came to the surface last week or this week yeah. i should say it's saturday so this week um it all just kind of brought itself to focus and i was, and even i even thought about that today as i was working because i was also doing some more research for a topic. And I was like, wow. It's like wives, well, you know, worldview, all that came, all that kicked in. <sighs> right. Call came crashing to the, to yeah. the center. And I was very, you know uh, yeah, but it did, it took me off my, it took me off my game for a few days. Like, and I, and I, I had to work hard to get myself back to center, but you know, again, taking advantage of the things that we talk about. Right. And getting ourselves back there so you know um, and just so you know we're not two strangers that met each other yeah Reggie and I talk other than the podcast <laughs> well, uh, well you know we you say that but like I mean
0: well we text a lot yeah I mean we do te- I mean for guys now in this mm-hmm. day and age right it's, it's really different than like in my dad's heyday you mm-hmm. know what I mean Cause like there wasn't all the social media stuff or the even cell phones. It was like they met up at a bar, you know, like twice a week or something, yeah, or o- yeah. almost every night or so, depending on the guy. And that's where they had their like guy time, right? Yeah. And and today it's not. I mean, today we're we're texting on phones or whatever. And but I still I still think there's a necessity for. Actually, I think there's more of a necessity now for like a physical, in you know, encounter rather than just sitting there through text or whatever. It, I and I think there's a real cause to like get together more with your guy dudes, you know, Absolutely. whatever it may be.
1: Well, and then think of it this way. Um, that's part of what this is for me, because really, this is you know, you and I talk well before we start doing the podcast right and we're we're really just talking about things and sometimes we just talk and bs and sometimes we talk about things that are impactful and effective it's an, it's extraordinarily important and it's something that's dying on the vine yeah. with this younger generation is this the face to face part of communication um <clears throat> nothing frustrates me more than when someone goes well Why are you mad? And I'll go, I don't know what you mean. Well, you texted me this, so you're obviously mad. And I have to look at them and go, texts have no context. You have no idea what I'm, where I'm at or, you know, I I had a situation one time where a guy goes, "Um, well, you are on a, I, I texted him something and he texted me back and he goes, well, why are you on 10? And I was like, dude, I'm, I'm just texting you what's going on. I don't, I don't really know what you mean by I'm on 10, but You know, it it would be different if we were on the phone and I was yelling into the phone. But when I send someone a text, it has no emotion or context to it whatsoever. It's just the words I need to use to to relay what's happening at that point. Right. So it's so important for us to talk to each other. It's so important for us to be okay with talking to each other. Right. Communicating, engaging. Being a support system. Right. But <laughs> I like how you were very emphatic with that. Go ahead. We, we had this
0: company thing uh, during the, I guess, my sales kickoff. I don't remember. It was a big event and they had like a Gen Z roundtable.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And it's like ending, like if you send somebody a message through whatever and it ended with a period, they're like, think you're mad yeah I don't know how like does you, using proper i yeah grammatical dude, I mean and then like you you need to use emojis or something in order made it mean you're not I don't know I didn't even really understand it. I was like multitasking at the time, Man. but I had several of my on my team say, did you see that I'm like no i was i i like i guess yeah, that I, I kind of was watching, but I was you know actually being productive. I'd actually, I'd actually like to listen to that. <laughs> I know I need to go back and like I was, I was thinking about that today, dude. i was like, uh, okay, but no, I'm, um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I, I'm abrupt, um, a lot of times with, with my messaging, and it's especially to my son, dude. It's like, I, but he, know, I mean, obviously he knows me now, but I sometimes still think, I wonder if he's gonna get butt hurt because I just. You know, it's like, but then I I can't worry about it. I mean, I really can't. Well,
1: you got to understand, man, <laughs> more often than not, when you send someone something like a text message, if they're, if they're wrecked over your message, it has nothing to do with you. Unless, you know, like, does everybody laugh out loud? Yeah,
0: like no I get shit.
1: LOL sometimes, right? I understand. But when that's at the end of every text you send. Are you really maniacally laughing that much all the time? Yeah. Is that really what's and, going on? And in your are house? people staring at you? Yeah, you know, or you know, but for me, I, I, but I think this goes back to, and we're getting off topic, but I have to say this. This goes back to the facts versus feelings conversation. Feelings. I feel like your text was angry. The facts are I used proper grammar and punctuation to relay information to you with no context. So you don't have any reason to think that I'm mad. Um, You and I both are pretty aggressive dudes in the sense that we're we're okay with letting people know when we're not happy, not in an angry or aggressive way. But if 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 I if I'm in a situation where I feel like you've violated. the, The 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 air between the two of us, I don't have a problem in having. Not necessarily a confrontational conversation, but putting it on the table like, yeah, this really sucked and I don't want to do. And, but that's and, the thing, though, we, we, you know, without we,
0: we've we gone so far from the communication methods that were like effective yeah, in both enabling you to like illustrate your emotion i don't know why i had the book out there but (laughs) yeah but yeah like so now that everybody's like on their phone all the time and not talking at all yeah like you're you don't how are you going to tell if somebody's like emotional about something like and it's and apparently it's through emojis and all this stuff but i don't have an emoji dictionary to go like okay this emoji means like exactly or it could be this in this context or it could be this that's that's way more complicated um and I, that's what I mean. Like, I, I really worry about the communication skills of the next generation here because how are they going to speak in public? Is everybody just going to whip out their phone and not even talk? They're just going to, like, do do do, and well, just I mean, have like an AI go. And Reggie said that you must do, you know, and then, oh, happy face, uh, heart, poop symbol. I don't know. Like, what? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Golly, man. <laughs> if you want a great example, go into any restaurant that's not a Cracker Barrel and look across the restaurant and see all these young couples who are out to dinner together, but they're not talking to each other and their, fo- their faces are buried in their phones. Um, how strong is your relationship that you can't sit four feet from each other, which is usually the average distance of a table? And have a have just a polite conversation. It's so bad.
0: We were in, we me and my my wife and my my two girls were at Texas Roadhouse, and it's been I don't know a couple months ago. It wasn't, it wasn't even that long ago, and uh, the there was a couple sitting an older couple sitting over there, and they came up to us when they were leaving. They said, "By the way, I just want to say it was really, it's really good to see you guys. Not even not staring at your phones." Yeah. And all this stuff. And it, I was like, it took me off guard for a minute. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's really that big of a problem. And I'm like, man, thanks, dude. But we just don't, we just don't, we make it a point to like, if we, when we have dinner, our phones go away. Unfortunately, because I work sometimes, I have to have it out and check my emails or something. But in general, yeah, we, we have a rule. We, when we're at dinner table, <laughs> do that. And he's like, that's a good rule. I said, you know, God bless. Have a good day. It was good. It was like, well, okay, cool. Yeah, we don't. We don't. That's a general rule for us, man. We won't. And we won't do that. I mean, when the girls get older, they have phones of their own. So that those things are gonna have to stay down. And you know, when we're at the dinner table, nope. So let me ask
1: you this, Brian. Okay. Lay it on me, dude.
0: You you work in a different environment in a context that is something I don't have to deal with uh, generally, and that is with the public. Yep. And in person. Yep. So, what I would say is, how, like, in general, is, is with all the nonsense going on today, like, do you, do you feel, does it, does it make any, does the culture make your interactions different than what they would
1: be normally? I'll say that. And I say this with the utmost confidence. Absolutely not. And, and the reason is, um, you know, I'm, I'm aware of how I present and the force of my words when I use them. And, but I'm also very aware that I I don't live ashamed of who I am or what I believe. So I, I'm transparent. I'll call it transparent with kindness, right? Like I understand that the younger generation right now has so many things going on that is pulling them away from the center, the truth. So when I speak or have a chance to speak with people about what I believe, how I do things, I'm very transparent, but I'm I'm very, very, very sure to speak with kindness. Right. Um, And don't get me wrong. There's frustrating times. Right. I hear a lot of stuff from especially Gen Z and younger a lot of things that are really just disturbing to hear. Like they're not morally centered at all. They're not um, based in any fact at all. They're sound bites. They speak in sound bites Mm. and it's, you know, but what I try to do is just be very open and honest with them, you know, and um, you know, just like the other day, Uh, I had a a young client, you know, communicate to me that he was struggling with something. And I just said, I said, well, I'll pray for you. And he kind of looked at me and I was like, you know, I'll pray for you, man. Uh, My my family and I will pray for you. And I I didn't, I I didn't like, I wasn't like, I'm going to pray for your soul. Right. I I was just like, dude, I'll pray for you, man. I'll, I'll, I'll put one up there for you. Right. Like I don't you know i don't really allow other people's hard right or hard left or anything kind of take me off my tilt when i when it comes to who i am right like now i'll say this maybe 10 years ago i would have you know put myself in some kind of you know political correctness confinement but I've gotten so tired of being told that for being a Christian strong male who wants to take care of my family, that I'm some kind of patriarchal psycho that (laughs) I just have said, you know what, we're, 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 I'm stripping it all away and we're just going to be me. Right. And, um, believe it or not, I've gotten a really positive response. Now I've bumped into the occasional person that they don't really yell, but you can tell they're kind of, put off by the way I communicate and when I say certain things, but overall, no, I I think really, um, I think there's a shift right now out there socially a little bit. I think where cancel culture took a hit, I think where, um, a lot of the hard left ideas that were out there are starting to surface for what they are, has changed people's or the way people that people assimilate information and the way they respond to information. Right. So I think if I think probably during COVID or slightly pre COVID, it would have been a little more difficult. Um, but at that time I was working in sales. So, you know, I really wasn't having those conversations. My job was to, you know, fill someone's needs and make those sales and get on down the road. Um, but now, no, I, I, I will say that I being who I am and being open to who I am in the workplace, especially has opened my eyes to just how much people are in need of a positive message. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um. You know, it's really different
0: for me. Yeah, I have a completely different I and mean, it's I mean, it's it's kind of. Uncanny how different my work life is, you know. I uh, since I'm in a you know multi billion dollar global company that has twenty five thousand employees and yep. um, not because not only do I have to deal with the political affiliations of the leadership of the company of the executive teams who are which is far left. But also global cultural things as well because I have a global team, and so I I don't ever I'm not ever not me I should say that um, but I I per company regulations like I can't wear religious symbols, okay on on it at in location or whatever you're not really you're not supposed to do that even like a cross on a chain I don't think like so that. I mean I think that's you're not. Really, a lot like I don't know how it's police, but it is in the handbook. Like, that's, that's what you're See, That's you're
1: crazy to, to me. Well,
0: it is, but look, I, I, I yeah. And it, there used to be a point in my life where I've been like, I've been a rebel, just wore like a huge one and just wore around. But it, that symbol does not mean I am the per, you know, I am trying to be like Christ anyway. So I can better show that through who I am and like what I do rather than a symbol that I wear. And that's kind of how I approach to all of it, really. I don't have to preach a gospel principle or something in my workplace in order to show Jesus in real life. Yeah. But it's hard. It's hard. And I'll tell you, because you're you're it's almost it's almost like there's times when I feel like you know, if this was normally, I would say this, but then I have to kind of put it in a different way. And I, and I tell you where it really comes up when somebody's going through something. Mm-hmm. Um, through company communication methods, I kind of l- lay off some things where I wouldn't have, but I'll still say like, "I'm gonna be praying for you, man," or, or something like that but then what i'll do <laughs> if if i have their personal information it'll be like out of hours on my own phone and i'll try to contact them like that yeah and talk to them that way outside of company like communication and systems and all that stuff and we we may may or may not get into conversations about stuff
1: well, that was a question I had being that you, rem- you're working remote. Are your opportunities to have those kind of conversations limited? Oh, very limited. Yeah. Very limited. I mean, cause you're,
0: you're on just meetings, right? You got a I I got a calendar and I got meetings I schedule and you know, I, I occasionally get phone calls and stuff and I turn on my camera so that people, we can see each other, but we're not, you know, there's not like a sidebar at the water cooler yeah. kind of thing. Um, I will say this, though, Um, when I've been to actual events that the company has had, lots of conversations happen outside of things, whether it be about bourbons or pipes or cigars or Christianity or whatever. Um, There's a lot of conversations that are had when you're in person. So, yeah, I mean, I'd say outside of those, you don't really have them in a remote situation.
1: When you're out in the world, mm-hmm. kind of comparatively, do you sh- struggle talking to people about what you believe or are you pretty? I mean, you're I mean, I know you as that person who's very forward, but I've never been with you during one of those conversations or one of those opportunities. Well, no,
0: I mean, I don't have any issue. Um, if it presents itself, yeah, because I OK, let me, let me say this one. I know from when I was in my 20s, um, been beat over the head with the Bible mm-hmm. and was done, you could not have – I don't care who you are. It would take Jesus himself to appear to me before that would make a difference if you were to come out and say anything about Jesus. Yeah. So from my perspective, I know you. Th- sometimes the door is closed and they ain't going to open. Yeah, Okay. So the way I go about it in public, like I'll fish, I'll poke a couple, whether it be a couple questions, if it's really a conversation we're having and that stuff comes up. I know when I used to play like out at bars and stuff Mm -hmm. in bands, you know, you'd play. um, It'd be like a four hour, five hour window time you're playing and you take 15 minute breaks or 10 minutes break, whatever and I'd be smoking a cigar or something outside or whatever, there were a lot of times where I'd have conversations with people and it'd be like, they'd be like, man. And, and, and you know, and I guess I'm kind of a magnet for the people who are having trouble Yeah, and they, they kind of tell me what they're going through mm-hmm. rather than not. That's usually how it happens. And I'd be like, well, and i I'd ask the question like, do you, you know, do you go to a church? or Do you affiliate with something or whatever? And the answer was yes or no. And then, I mean, that took me to another place. So there's a, yeah, I don't ever shy away from it, but I'm not like, I'm not like that sidewalk preacher guy who will just run up to random people and go, do you know Jesus? Yeah, you know, not that guy no. either. <laughs> I, and, well, and I don't think that's effective. I mean, you know, you're, you're you, you got, you have to be relatable to them in order for you to be a trusted source of wisdom. Yeah. And you're not going to be that unless you've, you've connected in some way that they say, oh, this guy's worth listening to.
1: Well, you know, I feel bad for those situations because you and I have both known people who are, quote unquote, street preachers. Indeed. Um, and I think, I think that type of ministry comes from a place of ego, not a place of love. You become, uh, I think it's, it's almost you become self-idolatry right like you're you're you're. You, i'm so good at talking about god that i can just go out and just randomly accost people well with you know it depends on how you're doing it though like i've seen some really successful like street preachers who just who aren't yelling at people yeah but i think it's all in how you approach it yeah, right like, that's what i mean you know i you know for me i I and I don't know, I've been blessed a lot in the last couple of years, especially to be able to talk to people and walk into situations where, you know, even though we might be on completely ends of the spectrum, for some reason they're open to talk. Um, You know, I, I don't, that's just a weird thing with me, man. I've never, like it doesn't really, it's, it's like talking about, Sports for me, if you ask, if I'm talking with somebody, I've, I've, you know, just ask questions, man. And I just, I don't ask like hyper personal questions. I just listen to them and then kind of guide the conversation as to where they're going. So, but that's being prepared. Yeah. So, so, and that's really the key, like uh one of the,
0: <laughs> it's funny. One of the key points in the class I'm taking now for like teaching scripture is to be prepared. Yeah. You know, your preparation is key. Like your what you do in silence is more important than what you know, that's like everything. So like for us now and our where we're at, you know, we've we've kinda had time to be prepared for conversations. We've already had conversations, you know. And it's a lot it, there's the fear of what happens is
1: lessened because of
0: our preparation.
1: Yeah. I mean I, I don't I don't really ever You know never really fear having those conversations right because it's just you know i am very interested in knowing where people are coming from um again as as i said on the very first episode that we did um i'm all about open dialogue Mm -hmm. you know i am not egotistical enough to believe that i know everything Mm. and uh i want to hear different perspectives i want to hear different life experiences um Will I ever tell anybody, oh, you're right. You know, Christ doesn't exist. No, but I will listen to their story. I will try to understand where they're coming from and I will continue to have open dialogue. Right. Which it worked for me is a lot easier because I'm one of the older, you know, employees at the job. So I became a personal trainer at 45 years old. So um, it's different. Yeah. So yeah. I'm looked at, even though I've only been doing that for three years now, I'm looked at as almost a senior in the position. So a lot of the stuff I said or I say, I feel like is treated as a, it's coming from a place of wisdom, which gives you a little bit of an advantage. Right. So in all of your time working in what you do, and I know you weren't always remote, right? You were traveling a oh, lot. Oh, yeah. Traveling a lot. Yeah. Um, What did you feel was the most common response you got when you had a chance to talk to somebody about what you did in your job? Was it was it very tense conversation or was it very open conversation or so in the what I do for work? Yeah. Like if you were traveling and you went somewhere and you had a chance to have that conversation, right? Somebody you met somebody and you began to talk. Did you more often? Get resistance, or did they? Did you get pretty open conversation?
0: Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. So, so, and I still travel, so I'm really, you know, that's still there. But so, so part of my part of this gig when I first got it was traveling and, and going to these places, and you, you're like, you don't know who you're going to be standing in front of. It could be a board of directors, it could be a C level people, it could be just uh, the administrators or whatever, it could, or a mixture of all. Mm-hmm. And so I'd always it it was interesting for me when I did that. I loved it because I got to just get in so in front of so many people and like I'm just I just like to communicate. Um so so at first it's pretty scary. I mean, you know, once you get if you're in this industry, when you first start getting out there and like getting in front of people and you're trying to be an expert about something, and they're you're either trying to get them to buy something, trying to get a solution for them or they've paid you to do something and you're there to do it. So you better have your stuff in a row. Like your your ducks better be rolling right in that line and they better hit the hit the point cuz they're paying you a lot of money. So when it came when it comes to communication, it, it really came quick cuz it had to about how to communicate to different people. Um and it really wasn't hard for me. When that gets outside of work, like, you know, so you're going out to dinner with maybe a client or something, you know, it, it, it is once again where you're you're not just waiting till you're outside of bounds and you're like, oh, well, didn't you know, do you know, Jesus and all this stuff. You're not doing that because it's, it's, you're still there doing a job. Yeah. You know, but there's a lot of times when. Over the course of however long it is where you you figure out where they're at, Mm -hmm. you know, because that's part of what I'm doing anyway. You know, as a I would say a consultative approach, I'm already digging for things. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get there faster if I can connect to them personally. Yeah, of course. So I'm already knowing like what they're into, all kinds of stuff so that we can talk and get there faster. I can be more of a trusted advisor. Than anything else, so there's a lot of times I've had conversations, man, uh, about things and about like troubles. I mean, I know, I, I mean, I, I there has been more than one person I've talked to about their marital difficulties mm-hmm. when I've been on site. You know, we'd be at, at a bar getting a drink, and they were like, "Yeah," this, and then here we are now. We're now we're really talking about something that matters to them, and it, and it and I I kind of can be really perceptive about emotional things once i get like at first i don't assume anything but i'll i'll when i start talking to somebody i'll get some ideas i'll be i'll think okay that guy's having some secure insecure problems or there's something going on where he's this he's really unfocused here there's something, you know I'll, i'll start building these like list of things in my head and then over time they'll start there'll actually be like substance to like smash things up and now all of a sudden now I got a pretty good idea where they're at and so it allowed me to like really be effectual in what I was doing dude I mean especially communicate when and again I, it's part of I people want to tell me what their problems are sometimes um and and let me say this that isn't a result of me looking a certain way or being like overly nice or anything like that it's really because i'm genuine and everything i do absolutely nonstop genuine there is no doubt if you if you have a work conversation with me a personal conversation with me it's no you are getting the same Reggie. Now I may not say some of the same things or or I may phrase things a little different, but absolutely you're not gonna hear anything that I wouldn't I mean it's it's core me. And that's what makes my success evident. Flat out. I don't
1: know if that answer your question or not. It did. Um, it actually did. Um well, you know, that goes back to listening, right? Like I do a lot of listening. One of the things that, you know, you ask my wife is she'll say a lot of times. I don't think you're I don't think I didn't think you were listening. Uh, guess what? I'm always listening <laughs> because not because I'm trying to hear something that shouldn't be said, but how, do you, how can you ever approach someone? How can you ever give anything of of a, that's genuine. If you, if you're not listening, you know, I mean the worst, you know, the worst, in my opinion, consider, you know, committed by the current church, the West, current Western church is this, I'm going to hit you with Jesus before I, before I know your name. Right. And what I mean by that is you and I both know and we've met enough people that have been going mm. through enough things that they may not need you to crack them over the head with Jesus right in the beginning. Sometimes you got to get down in the dirt with that person and get to know them personally and get to know where their pain's at and where they're coming from and and all of those things before you start talking about salvation, right? Well,
0: um, I, let, me, let me step in. Yeah, There's been more than one time where I know— someone they were really going i mean like they had some real stuff they were having to do yeah jesus was not on their mind like they didn't they're coming to church looking for something cuz they felt bad or you know they just wanted to get some whatever but they don't i mean they're not thinking like where their salvation is they're thinking about like how they're going to pay their bills next month yeah how am i going to take care of my family and and so if you get to the point where you can you're, you're actually communicating and they and they trust you enough to start talking to you in a real way living life and you're then you step in and show Jesus that way that's where it happens yeah and so you the westernized Christian Church misses out on a lot of things because we're not they're focused so much on that well it's Jesus is the answer Jesus is, you know, Jesus is, he he is but not always does do some does somebody have to say a prayer? Mm-hmm. Not always does somebody have to have this like miraculous experience? You know, when when that thief was on the cross with Jesus, that guy didn't say a prayer. No. He didn't he didn't get baptized. He didn't do anything. He just acknowledged that Jesus was there yeah. and just asked that if, you know, and that was it. And all of a sudden, now he gets to dine. It's a feast at the same table Jesus is. Well, we all got we got to
1: remember that in the Westernized Christian church. Well, you got to also realize that they are dealing with the consequence. Usually when they come in, they're not dealing with the preamble to whatever's happened. Most people who who arrive in the church have have had something immensely heartbreaking or devastating happen. And it's caused them to realize that the God shaped hole inside of them is not full. Yeah. Now, they don't yet recognize what that is, right? Like, they they don't go, oh, have a God-shaped hole. I'm going to go fill it. They're, but they're looking for a place that might have answers, right? So for for me, if I'm trying to help somebody or get to know somebody, I might just offer my hand, you know, hey, you're struggling with that. Man, I'm sorry to hear that. Is there something that I can do to help you? You know, um, have you ever had the experience where you said, like, they, they come up and you're –
0: see, you know, they want prayer and you just say, you know, they're just like, yeah, man, just, I just need prayer. just need prayer. And then you start praying and all of a sudden you like, you say one thing Mm -hmm. and you don't, you know, it's like if they're having, you say like, we pray for their family and that they, whatever troubles they are going through. And all of a sudden you hear the sob. And you're like, oh, yeah. I just I just hit it. Yeah. I just tapped it. Right I, on just, the head. I just freaking nailed it right there. Yeah. And then you're like, and then it's like, oh, I didn't hit anything. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. It was all him, right? Yeah. And you're just like, <laughs> and then you get done, you're just like,
1: whoa. It's a yeah. whoa moment, dude. Yeah. Prayer is a prayer opens doors to things that we have no idea about, right? Like and I take prayer seriously in the sense that that is my direct line, right? To ask, to give, to talk, to give thanks, all those things. And and sometimes somebody will come up to you and and say, I need prayer. And you'll go, is there anything specific that I can pray for? And they have no idea what they want of it. They're just like, no, I just need some prayer, I right? Am, I am tickled you actually brought this up because I was thinking today.
0: Um, I was I was looking at some things about ethics and what, you know, uh what some people say about what they, if they hate their job or whatever. But I thought about <clears throat> I pray in my job a lot. Yeah, And I, I should say I did. And uh I thought about today is like one of the reasons why I may have been more stressed out lately than not is because I haven't been doing those small little prayers. Because, dude, bef- I, I don't know why. I don't even know why. But I would just go like, Hey Lord, I'm, I'm about to go into this meeting. I just want, you know, I just need your help here. Guide me to say the right things, do all this stuff. And I haven't been doing that in lawyer, yeah. you know? Um, and I think for a Christian man who's working, you need to have prayer part of your work life for sure. And that, that I could just declare right now that that makes a huge difference into how your day goes.
1: Well, I mean, doing what I do, I teach and I I train individuals. I teach classes. And a lot of times, actually most times, I will step to the side. My class is starting to fill up. I'll step off to the side and I'll just say a quick prayer. God, first of all, thank you for my opportunity to serve these people. Uh, Let me give them something that will help them physically mentally emotionally spiritually and most of all thank you for giving me the ability to be able to do this right like there's i i pray throughout the day julie she laughs a lot but she'll be like what'd you do today i'll be like i prayed a lot you know a lot some days i pray a lot because you know you you you, you run into so many things and the world is so disaffected and broken right now that i just you know i'll see something going on i'm like man that needs prayer. Right. And I think that the weird thing is, is people think that prayer is this, Oh, I'm going to drop to my knees and clap my hands together. And woe is me. And thou art Thee, and actually, no, man, sometimes it's just a quick conversation, right? Hey Lord, I'm here. I need your help. This person's hurting. Give me some words, right? It's prayer
0: is interesting in that it's not a requirement for God. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not for him. It's for you. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's a bit, <laughs> it's such a huge benefit to be able to say something. So it's not necessarily that God going of like, you know, you're going to hear like English in your mind of God speaking to you. But when you pray, you get, that's an acknowledgement. You just, you just said something that you wanted to say to God. And yeah. so you get this, it's an acknowledgement for you. That you have brought that to us. He already knew. Yeah. He already knew what you are going to do. He already just solved it. But by your act of prayer, you just allowed that to for
1: yourself for to sure. be acknowledged. Well, and and just because God doesn't speak to you in a loud and boastful voice doesn't mean that I have not had moments of God breathed experiences. Yes, where I've I've felt Him in what I am doing. Right. Those there are times where. I have almost felt like a hand on my shoulder, right? You need to go do this. You need to go say this. You need to go love this person, right? And and, and you've had it. Sometimes something will pop up in your mind. You'll, you'll, Oh, I, I remember this guy was this. I'm going to give him a call. That's God, man. That's not us by, by nature as humans, we're selfish and we're wrapped up in what's going on with us. Right? Oh yeah, dude. So I, I believe that, you know, um, I believe that we have God-breathed experiences all the time. I said this to a good friend of mine. Um, Do you want to know why we don't see the bigger miracles? And <laughs> she looked at me and said, why? And I said, because we've become blind and desensitized to the small ones, right? And the God putting somebody in front of you to, to talk to and to and – to, care for and to pray for is a, is a miracle because you don't, you're not going to find that person. That's his will bringing that person to you. Right. I'm not going to be able to just walk out here and be like those nine people need to be prayed for. God gives us the spirit of discernment and vision to see these things. So when he sends them to us, that we recognize the opportunity, but Yeah, yeah, those are those it's,
0: it's, it's freaking just unreal when you, I'll know that I like. I'm trying to even think of an example. I know there's been a few times where, like, you're like driving somewhere and you'd be like, I forgot this or whatever. You have to turn around, go get it. And you come back and it'd be like, there's just an accident that just happened. You're mm-hmm. like, I wonder if I did that in order to avoid doing something. Or you'll run into somebody when you made a detour that you didn't expect Mm -hmm. all kinds of those things. I mean, there, there as, as, there are no coincidences. Yeah. Coincidences don't exist. They, they, they're a way for us to explain things away, but that's not the, that's not the truth. There's no coincidences. It's all a plan and it's all for a reason. It's all engagement. and, and, And if we're not, praying and, and reading and stuff like that. Well, we won't see those as for what they were the, the acts of the movement of God in our lives, mm-hmm. but this goes to work. You know, it's easy to get, like cause I have to deal with all, all these things, all these measures and these different people and the, the attitudes and like executives and stuff who, who now thankfully, look, let me, let me say this. I, I, I don't get an opportunity to speak to the executive people a lot, but when I do, it's not the old traditional way of thinking about who a C level person is and how they, they they think they're somebody high and mighty or whatever. And I don't get that from my leadership. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it's a business. And this is what I think for for any corporate Christian person, especially for those who aren't in management, who aren't who are just who are contributors or of some sort. They're running a business and they're looking at the business as a whole and making decisions to try to make that business more uh, more profitable for the express purpose of not just money for executives in in the board of directors or whatever, but to grow the business, to have more opportunities. And sometimes it's just that it's like, where can I have more people engaged here? And that is a thought that some of these people have. They're not all evil. Yeah. Okay. I think that's, that's important because at the end of the day, here's, here's my, here's my experience here. That's really big for people that who should, who really need to, I don't know who needs to hear. Somebody needs to hear this. You getting fired. is not a big deal. You getting laid off is not a big deal. You think it is. If I got laid off tomorrow, I'd be like, oh, right? Yeah. And I know, but you have to understand that we're, we live in a country of opportunity. And we, it's still there. No, And even if the economy the way it is, you really just need to not be afraid of change to understand that that's a door being opened somewhere else. That door is closing for a reason. If you it's not about what you did wrong. It's not about it could be this it could be absolutely nothing to do with you. It's just a matter of that revenue for something did this or whatever, or they're deciding to cut back this and they need to do that. It's it's a signal that you it's a change for you. It's a it's a really it's like that freaking bat signal in the sky that says there's something else you need to go do. It's scary and it can be if you let it it can be a really source of a lot of stress and everything and hopefully i'm not talking to myself <laughs> <laughs> i hear you but you know you you really got to go it's really one of those things it's just it it's a part of the business and right or wrong they're looking they're looking out for that business now how they do it I, right, that, 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 <laughs> that's kind of not cool sometimes. Um, but at the end of the day, you you, you know, it, it's a signal and you should just accept that signal for where it is. And it's time to just move on and go find something else. Now, as a corporate into like corporate person who works for a corporation, you need to understand this. And I mean, that whole preparedness thing I'm talking, that we've been talking about, be prepared. Same thing there that goes to financial that goes to everything. Make sure you get your resume always updated. Make sure you've, you, uh, make sure you you're establishing connections to other people just all the time. Just make sure that that network is there. Make sure that you have money set aside. So in case you're off work for like three or four months, you can, you're, you're not going to like lose your house and all that kind of stuff. Those are the things that you really need to do to, to make sure that's not. And if you're, especially if you're a Christian, Man, look, have faith. And I'll tell you what What really hit the nail on the head for me with this. This is about work. Matthew 6, when Jesus talk about worry, and he says, like, that bird that you see in the sky, does it have to worry about where it's eating? No. God provides for that bird, that, you know, the lamb and the, you know, whatever. He gives, like, a whole bunch of these things, but it's, at the end of that, whole that whole little section is about worry. And about if you have a lot of worry, you have little faith. Yeah. And he plainly says, "Don't don't worry about tomorrow. I got you." Yeah, and that's sure. what we we you have to use that as a mantra almost. Sometimes you have to. Jesus Himself said, "Don't worry. Have faith. The animals are taken care of. You're loved. You for sure can be, will be taken care of. And that's what you got to look for and put your faith there." And I mean, that's huge, dude. That is such a huge, and I could lift a burden off your head. Cause if you think about it, it's okay. Then if he's got
1: me, he's got me. Very true. Very true. So here's a question. You brought this up a little earlier. You mentioned it. Talk. Let's talk about work ethic Mm. and work ethics. I think that's a, I think it's a very strong. Jordan Peterson has a lot to say on ethics.
0: Very much so, yes. Okay, and one of the I mean, let me get my notes because I mean I was taking, um, I I was listening to the importance of being ethical. Um, he was on the Hoover Institution YouTube channel. Yeah, and really, it, he was talking about there were because they, they he he um, oh man I can't remember his name but the, the guy from Hoover Institute that was interviewing Jordan. Do you believe in God? And he kind of talked about what he you know his kind of belief that there's something but he really that whole thing <laughs> was really like he was saying everyone has an ethical baseline mm-hmm. everyone does yeah. no matter no matter what your belief system or if you want to say non-belief system but you still have one yeah. it, you you have a you have a system <laughs> and um in societies aren't built on anything but unified belief systems and ethics that are built on those. Right. So there's absolutes based on your own ideologue. So, you know, whatever your ideology is, you have absolutes based on that. It can't, it's not, it, no one there's, it's irrational and really stupid to have something that says anything goes. That doesn't, that's, that's, I mean, he, even himself, he's, that's just. it's insane. It doesn't make any sense. And it's kind of stupid. So, it's essential. Your ethics are essential for how you do everything, but especially how your work, because that formulates not only like how you approach work, whether it's on time or what you do at work. Do you do you only just skim by, you know, or whatever that formula your ethics formulate those things? And it's it's really imperative. So his whole thing was basically that ethics are essential for a civilization to flourish. Um, And there must be a unified basis for ethics uh, to be successful, not just in work, but in life.
1: Well, I mean, you know, it's funny we talk about this because there's two uh, Bible verses that I love. And one has to do with ethics and one has to do with work ethic. Mm -hmm. And the one. It has to do with ethics. There's actually two verses Colossians 4, 6. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Right. So, you know. You you can live out and affirm your faith in the workplace, but in conversation, what comes out of our mouths matters, right? Like it, it makes a difference. So to be honest at work, to be forthright at work, to admit you've made mistakes, to ask for help when you feel like you're, those are all ethical things that we do, right? Because if we're truly striving to be good at what we do, then we're going to be ethical about it. Um, You know, the guys, one of the big examples, I used to be in sales and man, guys would cut your throat and lie and cheat and steal and It just disappointed me so much that that was the case. Right. And then looking down past to the next one, you know, James 122, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Be honest, kind, patient, caring, you know, all of those things. But then, you know, here's one of my personal favorites. This is Colossians 323. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, Mm. not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Even in, you know, as a Christian male, if I don't do well at work one day or I make a bad choice or decision, I carry something with me that's a little bit more weighty. I haven't just disappointed myself. I've disappointed God. Because I didn't go in there and work with joy and, and 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 heart. And, you know, I've struggled with that as of late. You know, you get tired. You get beat down. And you you start to not necessarily resent work, but see it as something that you're kind of forced to do. And I've had to kind of correct that ship over the last few weeks because I'm, you know, I'm lucky, man. I'm doing something I love to do. Am I getting rich off of it? No. Am I making enough to feed my family and keep us stable? Yes. And it's growing because it's blessed because I pray that God gives me the strength and the ability to help people. And, you know, I I personally think that work ethic and work work ethics are are not separate things. They're completely tied together. Right. Like a lot of people think those are separate things. Well, I can work hard, but I can cut some corners over here. And, you know, maybe I won't tell this guy about this opportunity mm-hmm. or maybe I'll try to do. Th- those are tied together because as a, as a person of faith, if I want to be blessed in both, I have to practice both. Right. So, and, and I'm working on that. I'm still, it's a, it's a work in progress, right? Because you know, you're, you're, I'm a guy at work where when I'm working hard, I'm not focusing a lot on what's going on around me. (laughs) I'm just working hard. Right. Um, And unfortunately, I need to work on that ability to focus on the things around me, help others, you know, and do those things to the best of my ability. You know, this God
0: set Adam on a path of work right out of the garden of Eden. It is established from the beginning of our existence that we screwed up. Now we got to work. Yep. And that work applies to, all kinds of things we work on, like we've said, we work on our marriages, we work on being a dad, we work on, you know, being men, but you got to work, work, you got to work to survive. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I think there's no good thing that comes when you're lazy. There's good things when you come from being restful and mm-hmm. you take a rest, but you know, laziness isn't priced. I mean, that's not, there's no, no religion, no, no platform that says, Hey man, be lazy. Lazy is good. No one. Said, yeah. Right. I mean, it's just, that's not anywhere. So productivity isn't necessarily a a, 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 like a measure of success, but it should be part of a, of your work. Yeah. Whatever that is, but worrying about it is where that is unfaithful. Yeah. Okay. So I, I just wanted to make that distinction. Um, it's, 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 to me, it's funny that when I work for a corporation and, and you dude you, we made this much money and you're just, and you know, it's easy to fall into the trap of going, well, look at my measly paycheck compared to this. <laughs> That ain't your. That ain't your job. You know you're. You don't know. You don't know how much what goes in here, what goes in there, what negotiate. You have no idea, especially a company my size. There's so, <laughs> like, you can't fathom the amount of people and resources it takes to do X, Y, Z. Yeah. Okay. Systems are broken. Sure. People. There's some pretty bad people here and there around every company there is that like you just wonder. How in the world, (laughs) but that shouldn't affect your work ethic. You should still look not at that as the example of what to do or what's right or wrong, or it's kind of a, you can do that. Why can't I kind of thing? No, You, you, if you base, you don't base your work ethic off of that. You really have to look at who exemplifies work ethic. Who's successful in your company? Who's successful in life? And I think you'll find that it's not its not the people who just sit on their hands or just get by. You know, no one runs a Fortune 100 company that sits on their hands.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No one. There's not a single one of those CEOs or CFOs or CIOs who have time to do anything. It's not there. If you if you've never known any of these C level people, you have no idea. And I I guess I'll plainly say that I do. And I've <laughs> had many conversations with them, and I know anybody from like a VP up. They're you know they're probably overworked. Now they might like it.
1: They might be working. more than likely. They have they're like a work workaholic. Well, they could person. be one of that hyper one percent of men or women that yes. are willing to sacrifice everything for that success. Yes. Right you know, so that –
0: but, yeah, I mean, and and I think as a – so as a Christian man, as a Christian woman, just a Christian who's in the workplace, you just need to – your example isn't who is sitting next to you. I mean, maybe it is. Maybe they're, like, really good at what they do and, you know, they work hard. But you need to be that example. I mean, look, why why can't you do it? You know, maybe somebody's better at the job than you, but that doesn't make – that doesn't mean they work – that you need to work less than they do – Maybe you need to work harder. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're working really hard. I don't know, but don't sit on your hands or, or or just look at work. Are you holding your what you've done at your job up to God and say, "Hey, man, I'm I'm doing my best here. This is for you." Would you do that? <laughs> you know, I I have to say I have to ask myself all this all the time. Sometimes.
1: Oh yeah, like uh, you know, one of the things that you know, I'm a big believer in is our bodies are temples our temples for God's work. Right. Like, and I ask this question all the time. And some of the people that are listening to this are going to know and recognize, but you know, when I was speaking to someone at one point and this was a fellow Christian, he was struggling with some weight loss and some, some gluttony issues. I just looked at him and I said, all right, I said, so let's say you opened your front door and at your dinner table was God and God said, so-and-so, I'm going to give you a brand new church. It's going to be the most beautiful, most gorgeous, most ornate, most intricate church that's ever been built. He says, "Uh, and I want you to, to take care of it. What would be the first thing you would do? I said, would you go in and work hard to keep it clean and work hard to keep it healthy and, and work hard to, to do the things that make it do the job that God wants it to do. Or would you go in and spray paint the walls and poke holes in the, I was like, now ask yourself that very same question about the temple that God gave you, which is your body. Um, and then tell me if you're doing the right things. Right. Um, and and don't get me wrong we all fall off right but you know i think that i think that honoring god through what we do is a necessity i don't think it's really you know and i and i say this purely everything that i have right now is because he gave it to me but you know
0: i think we get wrapped up here in our culture about yeah. What we consider to be big things. Yeah. And we we place value on things different than what God does. Yeah. Every little thing absolutely matters for him. If I go out and I cut my grass and I do yeah. a really good job, that's cool. I just glorified God doing cutting my grass. Yeah. Okay. If, if I cut down a tree and I cut it down and I'm like, whoo, I, I mean, I just did a good thing. I just did good work. I just glorified him doing it. That's what I mean. I mean, like the, the silliest stuff, dude, picking up a piece of garbage on the side of the road and throwing it away. I mean, look, all those little things, they matter. I mean, that, that, that's why when people say, I don't know what my purpose is, you know? It's like, you may never know what your, well, dude, your purpose may have been fulfilled three years ago when you like talked to that homeless man and gave him $5 and all of a sudden he was able to buy lunch and kept him alive for a day in order for somebody else to help him out again, that he actually got off his feet and did something else. Like, you know, these little things matter. Like, and, and look, I'm not saying that we need to like have like a party every time you like, you, you know, you go brush your teeth, but it's, it, we just have to take our own like misconception of reality that we live in his reality yeah, and that his priorities and his tasks and (laughs) are just way different than what we are humans think about things. Now we're, we're designed to, I mean, we're specifically designed to operate in this particular reality and universe we live in. I mean, we have a specific set of senses and, and musculature and all this stuff to operate in here for a reason, so, I mean, I just say that. I mean, like, you know, the little task you do, the little conversations you have, you, you look, th- nothing is big or small. It's, it's It all matters. Now, that does, and, and, and again, <laughs> your salvation is not based on your tasks. Yeah. You're just trying to glorify God
1: doing what you can. Well, I mean. That's it. You just want to make sure that, you know, be humble, man, you know, uh, be humble and work hard. If you can follow those two tenets, and, you know, be good to the people around you and be helpful to the people around you. Um, you know, you got it made. I think if you can just keep those principles, work hard and be humble, you know, um, keep a student's mentality. The moment you think you know it all you've lost, Right the moment you think you know everything you've lost
0: i, I want to sh- there's a sh- there's a list of 35 things that Jordan peterson points out to have a good worth ethic you know we don't have time to go through all 35 but we'll, yeah. p- we'll put it in the description but some of these are exactly what you're talking about like and i think one of them that a lot of people struggle with show up on time yeah and it, i think that's just a for me showing up on time is like a respect thing. You're just showing that you give a damn and you're, you're going to be there on time. Um, One of the other things that we, we got to do in a work environment, and this is especially true in a corporate environment that is rife with, you know, trying to be, you're trying to stand out you're trying to get that stuff, but be generous with sharing credit Mm -hmm. In the IT field. This is extremely a thing. You know, there's a lot of developers. There's a lot of people working on projects and software and solutions and stuff. And it's easy for somebody who's like a team lead or something to just be like, yeah, here's what I did. When it wasn't you, it was like, you know, the, this yes. group of people behind you. It's easy. And it's look. It's important to sh- make sure you're sharing credit. <sighs> make sure your goals at work line up with your goals in life yeah what are you trying to do at work? What are you trying to do in life? Are they going the same direction? Because if not, you got a problem.
1: Well, that's something that I've struggled with in the beginning of the my path down personal training, but I figured something out um, My goals in lot, in in my job are to help as many people as I can become as healthy as they can be the best version of their self as they can be. That's really the, my same goals at home. Help my family become the best version of themselves, the best that they can be. That's really my goal at church. You know, help people understand and know Christ better and become the best Christian they can be. Um, whether my managers or my owners share my mindset, I'm not so concerned with. It's, it's my mindset that I'm concerned with, right? Like, I'm fully aware that people aren't going to fully agree with me or fully be on the same page with me, but that doesn't change the page I'm on. Right. It's my page. It's no one else's, Um, you know, and, and part of that too, is, you know, being a Christian at work is part of that is showing respect. I think showing up on time, being prepared, those are just signs of respect, right? It, 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 it respects the people you're working for. It respects the people you're working with. Nothing's worse than when you're trying to put a team together to, to do something. And this is something that frustrates me to no end. We'll have a quote unquote team meeting and two out of eight people will show up and the mm. rest of them cancel the day of the meeting. And the excuses are garbage. I'm sorry. It, it, it It's I forgot this. Well, then you need to get organized. Right. Or I didn't remember this or, hey, I just didn't remember the meeting. Well, that shows me where your priorities lie. Right. If you if you can't remember the very basic thing you're supposed to remember for that day, which is show up on time, be respectful of your peers, um then I don't really think you're interested. Right? I think you feign interest, but I don't think you're interested. Right? Um here's another one that people that you you find in and
0: in, in today's <laughs> today's world's different because there's a lot remote, but do not participate in office gossip.
1: Yeah, that's a struggle because it's it's very difficult you know it's very difficult to get it's very because a lot of times you're caught in the middle of it you know what i'm saying like you're you're sitting in between the two people gossiping um but i mean also discern what discern the difference between gossip and constructive conversation like you and a manager may have a constructive conversation about an issue going on with your team. You trashing bill because bill's hair, bills, clothes way. That's not, that's not productive at all. That's, that's just a train wreck, right? Like you don't, that has no place in the workplace, you know, and, and we've all fallen victim. We get victim to it. We get aggravated and we say things and, you know, that's part of it. But, I, I don't, that's just, that's just on, it's on a whole, on wholesale, just not, not productive at all.
0: And a, one that I like a lot is learn to say no when necessary.
1: <laughs>
0: yes. Because the, the worst thing for me as a manager is to have somebody where you, you ask somebody to do something and it's like beyond their capability or, or they hate it completely and, or, and this, or they just know that they're going to do a terrible job because it's just whatever. And and you don't say no. And then it becomes a struggle for me to get something done because I'm, I'm thinking you're going to just, you're just going to get it done. You're capable of doing it. Yeah. yeah. And then you don't tell me no. And then I'm like, it's, it's, it's a really frustrating thing. If you just told me no, in the beginning, we could have avoided all this. Well, no
1: is also not <laughs> always a negative answer, right? No, it's, like, not. it's sometimes no followed by an explanation. Why you said no shines a light on a way you can help somebody, you know? Um, for me, another one is be dependable. If you say you're going to show up, show up. If you say you're going to do something, do it. Yeah. This, Which kind of folds into that. Right. It does. It, in, this is something I, I don't, I don't
0: in the past I've had other people like make all these promises. Yes. And it never comes true. Right. And it could be, yeah. and they, they, so I, I really don't, I don't do, but. <laughs> I don't make any promises unless I know it's going to happen. Yeah. Like I, I've already set the ball in motion. I know that's been approved or whatever the case may be. I flat out will not do that because it just misleads everybody. It creates resentment when it doesn't get done for some reason. Now, sometimes that's going to happen because of one thing or another. But for in general, in a, in a corporate environment, you you know when there's something that's going to happen for what that you can make happen. So it's like, whether it's a position, uh, a promotion or, um, you know, some, some kind of thing. Don't, don't make false promises. Yeah, Just don't do it. Yeah. I'm just advising any manager out there, any executive, don't do it. Don't make a promise. Don't say you're going to do something unless it's going to get done. Don't do it. Yeah. And I would say this too, if you're not making notes, as a, if you're a managerial person, a leadership position, you're not taking notes about things throughout the day and all this stuff. You're doing it wrong. You're not going to remember all this crap, and you're gonna you're gonna let somebody down. Yeah, for and then sure. you're not going to keep your word, and then that your credibility just went down a, a notch because yeah. you let you you just didn't do something. Now, forgetting stuff, there. I mean, look, there's all kinds of chaos that happens, but. Make that the vast majority of the time.
1: Well, and also um, realize that there are. I don't. I don't care who you are. I don't care how good you are. You're going to make a mistake. So there has to be a little bit of, of well, this, leeway for that to happen. That's right? the. That's the be honest part. Yeah, that's the be honest part. That's right? the. You know, he he calls it. Where is it at? Um. Uh.
0: Well, he says something about you know. Oh, listen carefully and tell the truth. Yeah. Well, the listen carefully part important because yeah. obviously if you're it, no matter if you're the janitor or you're the ceo mm-hmm. you better be practicing some good listening skills and you better learn those because it's important no matter who you are to listen and do it carefully and i think that's a big carefully is a is a proper word to put here but tell the truth like that's the other thing do what you say you're going to do don't want don't mislead people or when you, i mean look don't and you know, for like, I'll, I'll say this with my team. I'm really blunt and honest with like how the team is doing when it comes to like whether whatever executives are asking me about things. I can't, I'm not going to relay to them exactly what everything is being discussed because that's not that wouldn't that wouldn't get anything done. But I can relay to them in a general sense about like, hey, uh, I don't know utilization or something, I can, I can kind of talk to that and say like, Hey, you know, this isn't where it needs to be. We need to make some action to do this and whatever, but you know, you gotta be intent. You gotta be intentional about how you portray the truth, but make sure it's the truth.
1: Yeah. Well, another one for me is be there for others, right? Like, you know, if you have a coworker that can't get something done and they reach out to you and say, Hey, you know, I'm stuck. I can't get here. I can't do this as frustrating as it might be to you or as derailing as it might be. That's a great way to be there for others. And as well as if a coworker comes to you and says, Hey man, I'm struggling. Could do you have a minute carve out a minute for that person, right? Listen to them. That might be your opportunity. And if you're too quick to dismiss and that opportunity is gone, it's not coming back, but like that boomerang is not coming back around. Because once you set the precedent, I can't talk to him or her, you're the person that they can't talk to. Right. Like you've you've literally concreted that. Um, And in my early work career, I was really driven to get promoted and go into management and then get into operations and administration. I was very guilty of that. No, I don't want to hear your garbage. You know, we we, got to get this done when really what I should have done has been, you know what, let's set up a minute to sit down and and talk and see what's going on. Right. And, you know, I've had some very good mentors in my last 10 years that kind of showed me that when someone asks for help, they're asking for a reason. Right. So here's, here's one for, that's not
0: really worldview based really. It's just about do, do, do be the guy that is as close to indispensable as you can be. And what I mean by that is have a skill set that is critical for a business function, right? Do what no one else is going to do. Mm-hmm. That in itself is a key to success that I have exemplified over and over again. I mean, it does, <laughs> there's been so many times in my career where because I was the guy. Who went because I said yes to like everything? You'd be like, Can you do this? Yes. And I didn't, I said no when it was something I knew that ain't going to happen. But if it's something I knew I could accomplish, whether it's a new, brand new skill or not, but I knew I could figure it out, yes. And I say yes. Because of that, though, I was, I became the go to guy for like years. I got, engagements and projects and stuff done and was capable of doing that no one else did. I got, I made, I made revenue happen because I said yes, because I, no matter if it was me learning something new or whatever, I just said yes. And I got it done. And I was, became that indispensable guy. Even now, I, I, I am a key to success for my, company in the business segment I'm in. Mm -hmm. I've been and that's come. That's not me saying that that's coming from leadership. I'm a key success point. And I didn't get there because I wasn't late. I was I was definitely I was on time. I did what I said I was going to do. I was I gave blunt feedback that was honest and and productive. I'd always put I was successful yeah screwed up sometimes and i owned up to it that's the thing mm-hmm. so in the in the corporate landscape where there's 20,000 of you out there you you got to like be the guy who says yes cuz it doesn't matter your i mean i'm telling you it doesn't matter your skill set your attitude and like where what you're capable of learning in a short term period mm-hmm. of time and yeah. what you're willing to do paves the way for a path that others don't have and that goes back to glorifying god i mean god gave me the the my my superpower is problem solving i don't i don't know how i got to that point but it's like if there's a there's a situation that re, that needs a solution that is like weird or it's not whatever i have no fear and will just tackle it and it doesn't even matter if it's at work. It's just it's just weird how I am, man. Um, and and I just I just can. I can just freaking I'll just tackle
1: it and I'll get it done. Well, for me, I'm. My thing is, in what I do is, how broad is my spectrum? Right? How many certifications do I have? So that's mm-hmm. why I'm always wanting to continue education, because the the more things that i have in my hip pocket that i've gotten good at that i've gotten accomplished at the better off i am when it comes to the broader spectrum of people i can help so the fact that i like to work with people who are are have pretty extreme physical challenges or may have had you know some pretty deep reconstructive things going on in their life right that they need physical help with it's my responsibility to be available for them. Right. It's nobody else's responsibility to be available for them. So, you know, um, and part of that is let your actions speak louder than your words, man. You know, if you, you know, and what I mean by that is not, you know, be the only person willing, but just be willing, man. Anybody can say, Yeah, I'll learn that and then forget about it and then or learn or go on to Google and pick up one blurb and think they've got it. Right. But if you really want to, if you really want to let your actions speak louder than your words, again, students mentality, always be learning. The action of learning creates the action of success. The action of success creates the action of being a top earner. Right. They all kind of fall into each other, but also know that. There has to be patience exercising that, right? Like a lot of people, you know, especially in our, and I've, I've, i beat on you guys a little bit today and I'm very sorry, our younger generation, they want instant success. That does not exist. No. Only, only, you know, when a guy wins the lottery, that's a once, in, that's a one in a million thing. It's the person who's willing to put the grind in, who's willing to work the long hours, who's willing to try to, um, acclimate to new different roles. That's the guy that's going to be successful. The guy who's entrenched in one thing, you know, as of late, I've had to branch out into other things. Has it been comfortable? No, at times it is not, but I know that if I do this and learn to do these things, I'll be far more successful. Right. So, um, yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. Like
0: well, it's- one, There's a couple more on here I want to touch on real quick. Okay. It, I'll, I'll put this down in the description, but um, object to stupid new rules. So, what? now, what are, where he's going with it, look, if you, yeah. if you have a situation, and this is real corporate stuff here, there's a time to object and there's a time to not. And and there's a there's a discernment that has to happen to know yes. if this is a rule that's really going to be followed. Or are they just putting that in there because they're trying to meet some kind of public image thing or whatever? Yeah. Right? There's all kinds of this stuff that we have to understand in the corporate world. But there are times though when your your immediate supervisor will say, "Here's this new rule for our group, for the team, or whatever," and if it's stupid, you you need to. Look, you need to object to that. And Mm -hmm. if it doesn't make any sense, object to it. It, Don't do it rudely or whatever. But professionally speaking, you know what you do. Mm -hmm. And say it. Well, this is going to do this, this, this. Object to it. I think that's a great rule. The the other thing I wanted to say, he he says buy clothes that are slightly Better than what you can afford, and what he's talking about there is that age. I think this is where he's going because I think this is his twelve rules for life. Is like that old adage of dress for the position you want, not for where you're in. Yes. Okay. I think that's where I got where I'm getting this from, but th- that that remote, it's kind of that's important. If you get on that video. And you look like you know you got your lounge pants. Well, they can't really price your pants, but you got like a holy T-shirt on or something. That doesn't look good. No. It doesn't doesn't show up really well. But at the same token, you're remote, so there's a little there is a little leeway there. But I I usually try to wear a collared shirt when I'm remote. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually even thinking about am- amping that up a bit too. I'm probably not going to wear a sport coat, but now I'm thinking about just. Going up a notch, though, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. that's just just for me, because I'm I was thinking about all this stuff for work. And I'm like, you know, the one thing because I used to wear just T-shirts all the time. And it's like as as an engineer, consultant or the the solution architect or whatever, it was like no big deal. And, but for me, I, and I, now that I'm wearing collared shirts and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I think I'm going to step that up a bit. But OK, anyway, there, there's a there, he has a bunch here, but I, I guess for there's there's a lot of ways to talk about this, but as far as a work ethic goes, um, the one thing for work that I, I caught from a article that um, from his 12 Rules of Life was do not work, do not do work you hate. Now, he, he says, you know, look, part of his part of Jordan Peterson, what he's talking about is like always have your resume up to date, always be able to do like lateral moves and all. That. there's a whole bunch there. Don't have fear of like finding something new or whatever. So, but at the end of the day, his, his, there's like an overarching thing where he's talking about like the, when you're doing work, you hate it builds resentment and it starts and it infects everything in your life. And That goes back to what we talked about. How we work is like the majority of what we do. Mm-hmm. If that's stuff you hate, it's gonna it's gonna just affect everything. And you got to take care of that. If it's not something that you enjoy doing, stop. Go find something else. And it, it's not gonna be. It's, that is not the right path for you. Period. So, that's that's what I got, man. For some
1: some work. Me too, that's a lot. Yeah,
0: and we did work in order to talk about work. Yeah,
1: which seems redundant, but it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do. I mean, look,
0: we put we we put a lot of effort in these things, man. I mean, because it's important, and 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 that, again, being prepared. Yeah, is that's what leads to success.
1: Well, you know, we were talking about that earlier. You know, you and I aren't doing this as a fluke. We believe in what we're doing or we wouldn't be sitting here. We're not the type of men that just do things to do things, right? Um, and and the work that goes into this, to me, doesn't seem like work. Uh, it seems almost educational at times, right? Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm learning. um,
0: well, we're not. Look, we're not. Yeah. I, okay, I hope this is clear. We're not. We both of us are not saying we're experts in any particular field no, of study not at all. Yeah. I mean, now I would say, like, okay, being a man, being a father, you know, stuff like that is very much like. No, we we're not psychologists and have studied fatherhood over the years, but. We are fathers. We've been fathers over different situations. Life
1: experience is huge.
0: Been been men for a long time. Know what that's about, right? I mean, so there's some things that I mean I can say. Yeah, I know what that. I I got my stamp of like. Yeah, I'm an expert. I'll say that. But I mean, look, we're we're talking in general to help try to help people from a real dude perspective. You know, and this this work conversation between us is really. It's it's really that it's like it's a guy from a corporate world who's been there for a very long time and a guy who's doing stuff in a public forum that's at, you know, a mom and pop fitness place, whatever. And those two experiences can can relate to a lot of different people. And it's really just about helping people understand they're not alone. And and there's 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 avenues that you can look at to kind of improve your circumstances Um, and we're not afraid to tackle some of these.
1: Well, and it's also good to say that it's okay to question what you're doing. It's okay to, to be reflective and wonder, are you doing the right thing? What's not okay is for you to come to a realization where you know, you're not doing the right thing, but choose to stay there out of fear. Yeah. Right. Um, whether that be a relationship you're in, whether that be a, a job you have, whether that be, you know, whatever that situation is, it, you know, it's okay to, from time to time to sit down and, and, you know, self check and be like, Hey, am I doing well, I the mean, right thing?
0: There's another, well, I forgot about this one. There's one point I wanted to make here is that sometimes there's a lot more things going on. That's more important than what you're doing for work. Mm-hmm. You know? So I'll say that in, and and I'll, I'll say, I'll speak to this from direct experience. Like There are many times when I've had other job offers that were exponentially better than what I had financially may have been even a career move in the right direction to move me up the ladder kind of stuff. But I've said no, not because I was fearful of doing it, but because it was going to be like a travel gig again, where I had to go some places and all this stuff and having young kids and stuff and just wanting to be around to be the dad I want to be was more important than it. Than a you know a a lateral move or a, a promotion or whatever the case may be, and that's okay because you, now you that's a, you've just established your priorities where they need to be established, and it's important for people to understand you don't always have to move up, you don't always have to be promoted, you don't always have to, that that okay, there's a point where you got to say okay, is that worth? the sacrifice I'm going to have to make somewhere else mm-hmm. is, is that where I want to put all my time at? Is that, is that really where it is? Or I'm needed here. I'm needed here. Well, if I do this, can I do those other things? Well, not if not as effectively, then look, that's up to you. Um, And again, prayer seeking where that, where that should go or just using common sense to go like, okay, well, this is clearly going to, you know, I got a, a sick wife who's, <laughs> having all these issues and now all of a sudden I'm going to be on the road for, you know, 30 weeks out of the year. That's probably not what you should be doing, man. I yeah, mean, you, you got to take sure. care of your own house, right? For sure. So, so I just want to say that because in the, in the IT world, especially where you have a, you have a, there's a lot of opportunity for people who travel um, and especially in larger companies or um, higher profile consultancy gigs and stuff look, those are great. And, and look, if you're, if you're able to do them, go for it. It's, it's a good experience. I've done it before. It's great, but it's okay to say no to, yeah. and to be, but you gotta be able to be okay with it too. You gotta be okay to look back on it and go, okay, I did the right thing. Yeah. Cause don't, don't live, don't live with a, don't, I mean, don't be regretful. I guess that's what I'm saying, but yeah, I think, um I think work is, is work is a part of life and, and it, learning to glorify through your work is key learning to be thankful for your work is key um, and just appreciating the opportunity you have to use what you your skill set to be productive in the world God created that's key
1: couldn't have said it better couldn't have said it better man cool. well guys this is another episode. Gals. Gals as well. I hope you all are enjoying it. And uh, we'll see you next time on r and Talks. See you guys. Take care.